This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council On Air comes to you 6pm Tuesdays here on OR 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Join Lux, Valerie and their special guests to hear the latest from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and celebrate unity through diversity. DMEC On Air, 6pm Tuesdays with podcasts available anytime from oar.org.nz, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to the DMEC Youth Radio Show. My name's Abby. And I'm Max. And we're back again with our monthly podcast where we talk about health issues from a student's perspective. I'm a third year dentistry student. And I'm a third year medical student. And today we've got a podcast lined up where we're going to talk about how you can make healthy lifestyle choices to help improve your health outcomes. Yeah, we've had quite a few podcasts now where we've talked about some pretty dreary diseases and health conditions, all based on on risk factors that you can't really control. These are genetics, your socioeconomic status, your ethnicity, your sex. And these are all pretty hard to change if you want to avoid these diseases in the future. So today we're going to turn 180 and actually talk about things that you can change, your modifiable risk factors. Uh, these these are things like your sleep habits, your diet, your exercise, and we've got quite a few things to say about how we can maximize our health benefits from these factors. And a lot of these will be beneficial not only to your long-term and short-term physical health, but also your mental health, because as we've discussed before, those two are pretty intertwined. So what we wanted to address first is habits. A lot of these things are habits for some people or being unhealthy can also be a habit for other people and one of the hardest parts about getting started with any new change like a new year's resolution to be healthier or exercise or whatever it is is that when you start out it does take quite a bit of effort every time and the main thing here is that repetition is key to forming good habits And something else that can make an impact too is just remembering to do something. Quite often I've decided I'm going to, I don't know, wake up, start waking up early, start waking up at 5am, but sometimes I'll just forget to do it and forget to set an alarm. So something you can do to combat this is to pair an activity with something else. Like if you want to drink more water, try pairing it with waking up in the morning. So first thing when you wake up in the morning, drink a glass of water. And then those two things become associated and it's easier to remember. Another really good thing to do with this is brush your teeth. You could brush your teeth in the shower and then whenever you're in the shower, you'll think, oh, brushing my teeth. And it can help you remember to do things like that. Also, practice makes perfect. So if you do these things enough, then they'll just become natural and they'll be built into your routine and you won't even have to think about them anymore. And one really important thing to note is that the biggest mistake that people make when trying to form habits is pushing yourself too hard and too fast. It's better to build yourself up slowly over time so that it's a sustainable goal to work towards. So, for example, if you're reasonably unfit like myself and you wanted to run a marathon, for example, Uh, you wouldn't want to just go out and run 42Ks every day. That is unsustainable, and you're going to just burn out and be unmotivated, and and you'll just stop wanting to try because it's too hard. 
a much better way to go is to run a few Ks a few times a week and slowly build that up over time. That And that way your goals are sustainable, you can achieve them, and, and you can stay motivated. And this, and this can be applied to anything, not just exercise, but also to your diet or even a sleep schedule. And talking about sleep, with a very good segue, uh, sleep is one of the most important parts of the day. It's really important for your short-term memory, turning it into long-term memory, as, as well as repairing and resting your brain and the rest of your body from the strain of a full day. Yeah, and not only that, but it also has a very important impact on life expectancy, which I think a few people might be surprised by. I'm sure we've all heard the saying, I'll sleep when I'm dead, but this is actually really bad for you. And some studies have found that sleeping less than six hours a night can actually increase your mortality risk by as much as 15%, which is quite a lot, really. Um, and on from this, most adults actually don't get enough sleep. Um, you should be aiming for about eight hours of sleep a night. I know we all think that teenagers and kids need a lot more sleep, which is true, but adults still need eight hours, which I'd say most of us probably aren't getting. Yeah, and in general, sleep is a very important factor for your mental health, your immunity, uh, to have good metabolism and and just for your concentration and daily functioning in general uh, it's it's one of the biggest things that you'll do throughout the day, taking up a huge portion of it and you can't really understate how important it is and we just wanted to go through some ways which you can help improve your sleep um, and this is called sleep hygiene, which is kind of a weird phrase, but it just means basically the best way to get the best sleep. And this will be helpful even if you're already sleeping eight hours a night because not all sleep is created equal. Some sleep is more restful than others, which I'm sure we've all felt. Sometimes you feel refreshed when you wake up and other times you just feel awful. So firstly, your environment is really important. So you want to have a really dark, cool room to sleep in. And it's best practice to have this room be somewhere where you only sleep so when you get into bed your body thinks okay it's sleep time it's quite damaging when you're kind of in bed all day maybe doing zoom meetings and then your bedroom becomes a place that's not about sleeping it's about working or it's about I don't know whatever it your bedroom should be somewhere where you sleep um, and then another thing is going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day, even at the weekends, if you can. And this is really important because your body kind of works on cyclic rhythms called circadian rhythms, where you go to sleep and wake up at the same time. And then you'll find naturally that if you do this for long enough, you probably won't even need an alarm clock anymore. Your body will just naturally wake up at the same time every day. And some other pieces of advice that we've probably all heard of before are things like try to avoid consuming any stimulants after midday. This is things like caffeine or alcohol or other drugs. Uh, and also try to avoid bright lights within about half an hour before bedtime. Uh, this can cause hormones to be produced like cortisol and stop the production of melatonin. Uh, these will keep you awake for longer and stop you from getting sleepy. So if you have screens in bed, it might take you quite a long time to actually get to sleep in the first place. And then first thing we do after waking up, having breakfast. So our diet is another thing which is really important to get right. Another excellent segue. 
so what we put in our bodies is key to how well we function and for how long we function in our lifespan. Uh, weight is about 80% nutrition and about 20% exercise. So it's really important to get it right when it comes to our diets. Yeah, and with the cost of living and food going up all the time, it can be difficult to make healthy choices when it comes to food. But getting your five a day is really important because fruit and veggies contain lots of vitamins and nutrients, which aren't just for energy and metabolism, but also for things like immunity, mental health, and the rest of your body. So it's not just fruit and veggies that are important, though. There's other things you should try to eat more of as well, like nuts, legumes, and protein. And there's also things we should try to avoid consuming too much of. And these things are caffeine, sugar, fat, salt, and red meat. So basically all the fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and it's actually quite interesting on the effects of these things like fat and caffeine and salt. Because these things all have really negative effects on our cardiovascular systems. I'm talking about our heart, veins, and arteries. And they increase our risk of obesity, diabetes, heart attacks, strokes, and many other negative outcomes that, uh, that become a lot more common as we age and in people who have poor diets. And one thing that a lot of people don't know about is actually why salt is so bad for you if you have it in excess. So salt is particularly important to pay pay attention to in older people as your kidneys start to get a bit weaker and can't really deal with all of the salt in our diet enough. So if it happens that that you've got too much salt and the kidneys can't get rid of all of it, we will will hold on to that salt in our blood. This then brings more water into our blood and increases our blood pressure. And of course, an increased blood pressure is a huge risk factor for things like heart attacks, strokes, and all those other lovely things that I just talked about before. So what is actually the right amount of salt to have in our diet? We, of course, need it to live. Uh, And the WHO advises less than about five grams of salt a day to be healthy. Uh, This is not met in New Zealand and most other Western countries. Uh, Here we have about 9 grams a day on average, but people who have a particularly unhealthy diet, such as students who have noodles all day, they can have more than 20 grams of salt a day, which is very unhealthy, especially if you're doing that every day for years at a time. Yeah, and I think the big evil here is probably pre-packaged processed foods, because if you have a look at the labels of those, there's a lot of salt in them and they're very convenient but it is a lot healthier if you can try and make things from scratch where you can control the amount of salt being added and if you're just a normal person like me you probably have some muesli bars some chips you actually don't really need to add any salt to any of your meals because you're probably getting plenty from those pre-packaged foods that you eat so the moral of the story here is that everything is in moderation Uh, We have to have a balanced diet, and this doesn't really mean cutting out all unhealthy things completely. You can still have your sugars and your fats and salt. So, of course, don't, you know, cut out all of the good foods in your life, but just try to be mindful of what you do eat and try to add in some more healthy foods when it's not too inconvenient. Exactly. There's no such thing as an unhealthy food group 
really. You just need to make sure you're having healthy amounts of each. And it's actually pretty unhealthy if you cut out sugar or if you cut out fat completely. You still need those basic building blocks. Exactly. And one of the things that we need those those building blocks for is, is, for, is for when we need to build back up muscle again as we exercise. So exercise, a very important part of our lifestyle, something that a lot of us do not get enough of because it's something that can be really hard to work into our busy routines. Uh, so how much should we actually have? Well, the Ministry of Health tells us that we need a moderate amount of exercise for half an hour a day, at least five times a week, or two and a half hours of exercise. Uh, of this, about 51.7% of Kiwis achieve this, with men being slightly more likely to achieve the recommended levels of exercise than women. And unfortunately, it's found that one in eight adults are physically active for less than 30 minutes a week, with Pacific and Asian adults being less likely to be physically active than non-Pacific or non-Asian adults. And as you might expect, adults aged 75 years and over are less likely to be physically active than those under 75. So overall, we really aren't reaching our exercise goals as a nation, and we need to address this to have a healthy lifestyle going forwards. Yeah, one of the key um, words in there was that we need to be doing moderate exercise five times a week. And I wasn't really sure what moderate exercise meant at first either, but basically what it means is that your heart rate should be elevated. It doesn't mean you need to feel like you're about to die because you've just you know, been sprinting or something. You just need to have a slightly elevated heart rate. So something that comes up often is walking. So there's a difference between going on a really light stroll where you can, you know, hold a conversation for hours and hours and going for a brisk walk. So a brisk walk is always going to be better than basically like a snail's pace. Um, but something is better than nothing. So if all you can manage right now is just a leisurely walk, then that's a good start. But try and work your way up to a more brisk walk where you can get your heart rate up and get that blood pumping because that's what's going to be really beneficial for your health. Yeah, and one really nice way to try to achieve this is walking to work or walking to school. And there was, a, there was actually a program run for kids a few years ago where they were trying to encourage kids to get on their scooters or bikes to go to school. And it worked out really well. Kids got a huge increase in their exercise per week. And the whole concept is quite a good way to sort of sneak in this exercise into your everyday routine. But as we talked about before, don't feel discouraged if you can't do as much as you'd like straight away. It is a long-term, lifelong process to increase your fitness and be healthy. So don't feel uh, demotivated if you aren't feeling quite so fit at the moment. Just keep working at it and you'll get more and more fit each time. Yeah, and earlier we addressed how to get started with new habits. And I just wanted to take a pause here to talk about keeping those habits going and falling off the wagon. So sometimes when we make resolutions like this, like being healthier, they can be hard to stick to at times because we might lose motivation, something might come up in our lives that just gets in the way and things just aren't manageable all the time. We can't always be perfect. But it doesn't matter if you've had a bad day 
or a bad week or even a bad year, you can always get back on the wagon. And any one time you choose to exercise, even if it's just for 10 minutes on a bad day, if you eat an apple instead of a chocolate bar or you decide to get a good night's sleep, um, even if you've just had five bad ones, it will all make a difference to your health. Every little really helps and it's never too late to make a change. So you don't need to feel, oh, I've just, you know, I've been off my diet for five months. There's no point getting back on it now. Every positive choice you make will have an impact. So it's never too late to make a change. Yeah. And that's a really good message to hear because that's the same for all areas of your health. Uh, This is the same for mental health, for your diet, for your exercise. Uh, Everyone always trips over once or twice or more. And it's all about getting back up afterwards. And to help you get back up, there's lots of resources out there to help you. And one of the big ones is the green prescription. Uh, so, if, so if you don't know what that is, it's, um, it's supported by the Ministry of Health. And it's a free service that, that offers many different ways to help you reach your healthy goals, be that in your diet or your exercise, or just being able to live the sort of life that 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 you want to live. So the only requirements for getting a green prescription is to be 17 or older, to be medically stable, and if you don't meet the Ministry of Health activity or healthy eating guidelines. And what that all means is that as long as you are an adult and you can actually um, go outside and and do a small amount of exercise without the risk of dying, Uh, you are able to be eligible for the green prescription. So this involves having an initial consultation where you talk to someone about your health goals, how you're going at the moment, and what you want to achieve. And then you can have monthly support contacts to address what sort of change you want. There's heaps of groups and clubs. Uh, There's there's subsidized memberships at at facilities all over your uh, city or town. And you can also have referrals to lots of other health services at no cost. So all in all, the Green Prescription is a really great program to get lots of people who are interested in allowing you to have the best sort of lifestyle possible. And they, are, and they have no judgments. They really only care about going at your pace to help you meet your goals. And that's not the only option, right? There's another program called Active Families or something, right? Yes, so Active Families is quite similar to the Green Prescription, but that's for the younger age group. So the Green Prescription is 17 plus for adults, and Active Families is is between 4 to 16-year-olds in Otago or 4 to 18-year-olds elsewhere in the country. And these have the same sort of requirements as a green prescription. You need to be medically stable and not meet those Ministry of Health exercise or healthy eating guidelines. And this is a really helpful way to have families be healthier in their own homes. And it will involve a home visit where someone comes to see what's going on, give some advice and ideas, and really just try and help form those lifelong habits so that your children and your families uh, have the skills to make healthy meals. They know where to go to have exercise or fun games to play to get those those minutes of exercise up. And it's really easy to sign up as well. 
Uh, you can sign yourself up at their website or you can be referred by any health professional. This is things like GPs, nurses, physios, or any other health, health professional. So we've gone through a lot of really key things for health. We've talked about sleep, we've talked about diet, and we've talked about exercise. And up next is another pretty big player. We're going to talk about mental health. So mental health has an impact on pretty much every part of your body. They're very intertwined. Um, Even things like immunity, digestion, and your hair can be impacted by mental health, which is pretty awesome. And changing all those things we talked about, the sleep, diet, and exercise, will have a very large impact on your mental health if you can improve them. Your mental health should also improve as well. Yeah, so we talked about this a lot in previous podcasts, and the statistics are really plain to see. People who have poorer mental health have a higher likelihood of chronic lifelong conditions, a poorer quality of life, and a huge variety of predispositions to illnesses that can really hamper your lifestyle and and, and the things that you want to do. So if you do want to live a happy and healthy long life, it is really important to think about your mental health as just as important as your physical health. So as I said before, we've already gone over some ways to improve your mental health by you know, making those positive changes in other areas of your life. But what are some things outside of those we've already discussed that you can do? Um, the first one is making sure you've just got a really good environment. So this is where you live, you know, trying to make the best efforts to keep your house nice and clean so you just feel relaxed and you don't have to stress, surrounding yourself with really positive people and, you know, not keeping with toxic relationships and things like that, Um, looking after your social health, so making sure you catch up with friends and family when you're able to, and if you're having any problems, you can talk to trusted people about what's going on or a professional and there's lots of services you can access for this as well and then another really important factor for mental health is looking after your spiritual health so this means connecting with your religion if you have one or just finding meaning in your life and finding meaningful things to spend your time doing which can give you a purpose and aim and this might be connecting with your community doing some volunteering doing some knitting if that's what you're into, just finding something that can get you through the day. And then finally also just general self-care. So recognizing when you're getting tired and burnt out, recognizing when something's not good for you. Um, If you're feeling negative emotions, just acknowledging that, feeling them and taking some time to yourself is really important. Yeah, and if you do need any help with your mental health, there are lots of resources out there. There are many websites, call and tech services, as well as as well as mental health services that you can access from your GP clinic that we have talked about extensively in previous podcasts. And if you're not sure where to look, just have a Google for mental health help near me or talk to your doctor or any health professional and they can point you in the right direction. And something else I've found which does help to improve mental health and actually encompasses everything we've talked about today is just having a really solid routine that you can rely on and fall back on um, when things get busy. 
So this will start off with your sleep schedule. So you'll have a good time that you wake up in the morning, whether it's 5am, 7am, 9am, just whatever works for you. And then onto your diet, you'll have breakfast in the morning. Um, I usually just have like one or two breakfasts that I swap between and you can make sure that these have um, some good food groups in them so you don't even have to think about it. It just becomes habit. You just reach for the ingredients and make a good breakfast. And then the same goes for lunch or dinner. Um, You can just have a few different meals which you cycle through, which is really helpful. You don't have to think about what you're making or what to eat because you've got a few options that you go to. Um, And then exercise, it's good to have just a general time that you exercise. I usually go to the gym in the morning after I get up, so this is just part of my routine. Um, And pick a time when it's not going to be interrupted by something else. So if you often work late, probably trying to exercise at 5pm after work isn't very achievable for you. So maybe before work is a good option or later at night. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And if you either uh, stumble and you break your routine and you don't think that you can get back on it, don't worry. It's it's perfectly normal that life gets in the way sometimes. You can always restart and it's never too late to make that change. And there's plenty of resources out there to help you. Things like the Green Prescription, Active Families, and, and, and you can just sign up at the website or talk to your GP. There's plenty of cheap and easy ways to get support to make any sort of changes that you need to make to your lifestyle to live a healthier and longer life. Exactly. So that about wraps it up for today. So thank you for listening. I hope you've been able to learn something, or if these are all things that you already knew, then hopefully you got some new tips and tricks from us. Um, And we'll be back again in another month's time Um, We're here on every fourth Tuesday of the month. So in July, that'll be the 26th. So thanks again for listening and have a good evening. Yeah, thanks very much. And we'll see you next time. Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council on Air comes to you 6pm Tuesdays here on OR 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Join Lux, Valerie and their special guests to hear the latest from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and celebrate unity through diversity. DMEC on Air, 6pm Tuesdays with podcasts available anytime from oar.org.nz, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.